We taped Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you just have one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important, your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. We're grateful for the support of Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital, a physician-owned hospital where doctors have direct involvement with every aspect of care provided to their patients. Its reputation for excellence in patient comfort, safety, and overall treatment is reflected in an average patient satisfaction rating of 98% or higher. Visit LafayetteSurgical.com to find out more. Discover Lafayette is also made possible with the support of Home Bank, who wants to ensure that you protect your identity and your assets. When you make a payment with a paper check, you're handing over all of your personal or business information, plus your bank account number. While you may find an occasional reason to write a check, when possible, choose to pay with cash, debit or credit cards, or with your phone's mobile wallet to stay ahead of identity thieves and protect your finances. Learn more at home24bank.com. Home Bank, member FDIC. Today, we welcome Chris Gondron, Senior Vice President and Director of Information Security for Home Bank, who will guide us in how to protect ourselves from internet ident identity thieves. Chris has an MBA from UL Lafayette, and he's earned several industry certifications in information system security. And Chris, it seems like so often we're either getting like a bogus text or an email from somebody that's trying to hack either our personal account, or you read about data breaches occurring when others fail to protect their customer databases. I'm glad you could join us today for Discover Lafayette. In the intro, it's interesting that we have you and Raider, who both work, you know, Home Bank and Raider both work for cybersecurity purposes. Right. But the day has changed from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You don't have to be a bank robber anymore, do you, to rob no, the bank? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. Um, Thanks for joining us. Not a problem. Yeah. So tell us about you first. I know that your your professional life has been focused on issues such as cybersecurity. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I... I my professional career got started in the early 90s, and um, it's always been in IT, right, information technology. I started out in the military, did eight years, and uh, I, was, I was more just generalized IT, and I always wanted to specialize in something. And then uh, the opportunity came up here at HomeBank for the information security department, and um, I was asked if, you know, I wanted to take that leap, and I did, and I'm enjoying it. Right, right. Well, tell us, um, what what is cybersecurity, if you can just define it? I think we all kind of know what it is, but how do you define it? Yeah, so cybersecurity is is the protection of what we call information systems, right? I, I liken it to anything that's connected to the internet mm -hmm. um, and, and those systems that we use, whether it's email, um, you know, these cloud applications like Microsoft Office 365, um, you know, anything that, that happens over a wire, too. So, you know, some of the payments uh, mm -hmm. that, we, you know, some of the wire uh, transmissions, ACH payments, um, anything that, that happens, you know, in the, quote, quote, cyber world, mm -hmm. um, you know, there needs, there needs to be a security um, aspect to it to uh, protect those mechanisms. You know, I have a question while you're talking about this. We use what we used to call our TV but, you know, it's a smart device. Mm -hmm. And then we log in to all these things on the Internet. So Netflix, YouTube, 
you know, Amazon Prime in particular, all these things, they're all linked to everything, right? Yes. Uh, our personal computer, our smart device. I mean, it just seems like we really are more vulnerable than we ever would have imagined. Yes, we are. Um, and, you know, there, there's multiple different um, platforms, so to speak, to access these things. And um, they all require username and password. So, yeah, and yes, it's, it's, I've realized it's human nature, mm-hmm. you know, to take the least path of resistance, which means that, you know, we're always going to use the same username and probably the same password, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a big no-no. It, it's a big risk if you, if you do that. Right. When listening uh, to podcasts, getting ready for my podcast with you, I learned this morning that October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Yes. And, uh, I didn't realize that when we had scheduled this, but I heard so many things that we can do to protect ourselves. So it seems like every day there's a new way that you need to be thinking about protecting yourself. But would you go through some of the most basic things that people should be aware of, you know, as they think about this conversation? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier about the the passwords, right? Um, It's definitely a big no-no to reuse passwords. The reason why I say that is, um, you know, once these systems get breached, like we've heard about your Facebook, your LinkedIn, mm-hmm. all these different, um, these these sites that are getting breached, all that information ends up on what we call the dark net, which is a, it's kind of like a parallel internet, mm-hmm. and um, it's not necessarily strictly for um, criminals, it has some valid applications, but the criminals use it to stay anonymous. So these, these Folks that breach these um, these systems, they end up selling that data on the dark net. And so, for example, if my Facebook account was hacked mm-hmm. and I use uh, my email address as my username and I have that password that I use in multiple systems, they have that. And so what they can do is they can start taking that combination of username and password and try it in other systems, right? Mm-hmm. So if I reuse that username and password other systems, well, now they already have access to it. Right. And they can do it to where, you know, they won't just say, oh, there's Chris Gondron, I'm going to use his. They automate it to where they can run thousands of these at, at one time, and it'll just report back to them, you know, that whenever they're successful to get into these systems. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really take them much time. Right. So when you're setting up passwords, like you don't want to have your name... <laughs> Correct. Or yes. your birthday. <laughs> yes. So one of the big things we stress over here is no dictionary words. What does that mean? Like, so that means, you know, if obviously if you go into a dictionary, you see a word, uh-huh. it's, it's a dictionary word. The criminals actually have a database of dictionary words and they can use that when they try and crack passwords. So one of the best things you can do is not use a dictionary word because it'll, it'll be able to be cracked really fast. Um, Another thing is what people started doing was using um, obvious substitutions. For example, they would use the at sign for an A, mm-hmm. or maybe the number three for a letter three, right? So once again, these criminals, it's always a, a cat and mouse game between the, you know, the security world and the criminals. Once they realize what we're doing to bypass them, they're figuring out ways to get mm-hmm. around it. And in this case, they account for those obvious substitutions, right? A zero for uh, for an O and um, Right, so that, the at sign is used a lot. Yes. So what I would do is, what I would recommend is um, definitely use a password keeper application. Um, have a unique password for every system you have. 
make it complex. I would, I would go at least 12 characters. Um, complex, no dictionary words. Um, typically what I communicate and what I recommend to employees and, and friends and family is come up with a phrase. The phrase doesn't even have to make sense, but just something that you can remember. Um, I used to, um, I used to publish one here at the bank and it was like, do bears wear shoes at the beach? And I would just use the first letter of every word mm -hmm. and maybe for the shoes, I would use a dollar sign. Now there, it, right, it's kind of an obvious um, substitution, but it's not a dictionary word. My password's not a dictionary word, so mm -hmm. it's okay if you do it in those types of situations. I'm showing my ignorance here big time, and I hope nobody, nobody that's going to be, you know, trying to hack my system is listening. But when you say password keeper, um, uh -huh. you don't mean just a paper log no, by no, your desk. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, what do you recommend for, for, yeah, uh, can, for people that may not yeah, so, have even attempted to get a password keeper? So on your smartphone device, um, there are many applications out there that you, that if you can buy some. Um, there's some that are free. Our smartphones even have built-in password keepers. I know for sure that the iPhone does, um, and some of your Android phones do also. But basically, it's just a way to keep all your information. It, you can keep document the website, your username, and your password. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, getting, they've gotten so sophisticated recently that um, I've started noticing that it's given me alerts and let me know that I've had weak passwords or that a password I'm using was part of a breach somewhere. So they mm -hmm. actually correlate that with, with breaches. Um, Where is this on your iPhone? So if you go into, uh, I think it's general. Okay. And then I think it's passwords after that for the iPhone. Okay. Uh -huh. um, and then it requires your biometric, right? So if someone were to get to my phone, they couldn't go straight in and look at my passwords. They would have to have my 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 fa facial ID or my pin to be mm -hmm. able to get into it. Okay, you like using the facial ID. I do on your yes. phone. Yes, yes, uh -huh. I do. Yeah, I really do. Right. So, this is safe though. Like if you're using your phone, your lap, you know, like a um, iPad. Let's say mm -hmm. you've got your um, desktop. You've got all these different things, and they're all interrelated. Right. Is that going to be safe just keeping that on your smartphone? Yes. So it's, you know, I know these are basic questions. Yeah, aren't they? no, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah, it's, you know, it's stored on your phone. Um, you can link other devices and I think it will store it in the cloud, but the way that the, the services are is that, um, like for example, the Apple, I think it's called iChain or mm -hmm. iCloud keychain or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, you create a master password. And basically what that master password does is it creates an encryption key. So that master password is more like a seed to encrypt, to create that encryption key. So even though it might be stored in, in at some server somewhere else in the cloud, um, going if someone were to have access to that server, they couldn't see my passwords because it's encrypted. Mm -hmm. So because I'm the only one that has the key by putting in my master password, that's the only way it can get unencrypted. So I would be the only one that could go to where it's physically stored and be able to unlock it, so right. to speak. Right. So yes, it, it's the way they they uh, encrypt it in the newer technology. Um, they make them these days to where they are safe. And I think they also have that um, ease of use also, mm -hmm. right? So they want it to be easier for us to use 
and safe at the same time because, mm-hmm. you know, if it's difficult to use, no one's going to want to use it. It seems like we're becoming a society of haves and have-nots, and a lot of us are the have-nots that don't really understand technology. It just it, it evolves so quickly. And I'm right. thinking about people that might go swimming and forget their iPhone is mm-hmm. in their back pocket. Their phone is ruined. And then they can still get to their information, though, on the, the cloud if, they have, if they've saved things. Yes, in that's the cloud. correct. That's correct. But otherwise, it's, yeah, what do you it's, do? It's, Just go you know, jump it, off the cliff? Like, yeah, start over. Yeah. Start over. You know um, what I'm saying? And it's for many of us, it's yeah, just, it can it, be overwhelming. Right. And that's why I always try and, you know, when I have the opportunity to talk to someone about technology and, you know, they might show me pictures on their phone. Um, you know, I say, hey, you know, I kind of ask them, do you have it backed up? Do you have, you know, <laughs> is it synced with the cloud? Because if something happens to your phone, it's going to be gone. You're right. going to, you know, so be prepared. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends reach out to me because that has happened where they were even on vacation and took a bunch of pictures. And this was before the iCloud, right? This mm-hmm. was, it was, um, picture phones were, were kind yeah. of a new thing. And uh, they broke their phone and they wanted me to, try and help them recover and you know there was nothing I can do and there were some services where you could send it in and pay a lot of money yeah for them to try and restore it but there was no guarantee so we really just have to I think we just have to wake up and realize it's a different day and we have to protect ourselves yes that's correct that's correct and like you said so much has changed so fast Mm -hmm. um it's really hard to keep up with it if that's not you know your your daily job like it is you know let's say mine um it's really hard for uh and especially those that are not so technically savvy Mm -hmm. um it's really hard for them to understand let's talk about um who the people that probably don't know what some of the scams are going on. You know, I think when we were texting back and forth, I told you that I had gotten a text from somebody that said they were Venmo. <laughs> right. And right. I just started using Venmo in the last year. Yeah. And I've never felt that it was safe. But I've heard, you know, Venmo and others are safe. But then recently, there's been news too about Zelle, or however yeah. you pronounce yeah, it, Zelle. maybe not being quite as safe as we thought. Yeah. And you remember PayPal was the first one in that space and I've you know they've always they were kind of the first ones and the first scams that to Mm -hmm. to start out with that you know in that aspect right so when I got this text from Venmo I just deleted it I don't really trust almost anything because I know just enough to know how vulnerable I am but what are the kind of things that are going on now we can talk about business in a bit but for the regular person that's just um get strange text messages. Um, what are the things we should be looking for, you know, or avoiding? Yeah. So, um, you know, with, with the text messages and it could be an email also, I mean, it shoot, it could even be a phone call. Um, I, like I've received, um, we call it social engineering, right? Phone calls, um, which is vishing. So I've received v, those. Yeah. V-I-S-H, with a V. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like voice. Uh-huh. Um, the SM, the text message we call smishing and the emails <laughs> we call phishing, right? So everything ends with a shing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so I, I received a phone call one time and they were portraying to be from AT&T. And Are you an AT&T customer? I am an AT&T yeah. customer. So one of the, um, one of the biggest... Um, I guess resources they have on their side is that um, they, they can portray or they, they can spoof these big companies like AT&T or LinkedIn or Chase Bank and, and because they, what they'll do is they'll send out hundreds of thousands of these text messages or emails 
knowing that not everybody's going to have these services with with these companies, but knowing that most of them are. Mm-hmm. And out of those, there's going to be some that are going to just open it up, click the link, answer the phone, yeah. do what they say. So it, we call that opportunistic, right? There's there's these opportunistic threats that with, with these text messages like what you get because they know a lot of people use Venmo. And so what they were wanting to do is they, they, they craft these messages to, to motivate us or mm-hmm. entice us to, to perform that action. Yeah, and I think mine said your security's been compromised. Right. That's scary. Right. That's my bank account. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, security's top of mind these days. And so is the money in my bank account. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, so what they do is they, they'll, they'll try and just make us feel like we got to take action. Mm-hmm. My, what I recommend, and I think this is the best thing, is that if you get a text message like that or an email or a phone call, and you do have an account with the company they're spoofing, um, politely tell them that you can't talk right now, that you'll call them back, and um, go, go on your own and do research. We've seen a lot of them with Amazon, right? They say your Amazon account's locked, mm-hmm. or we want to confirm that you purchased this item, click here. Now, Amazon does have some legitimate, and some of these companies do have legitimate uh, text messaging uh, notifications and email. But the best thing to do is if you get one unsolicited, Go and log into that your account right, right. from a secure source, mm-hmm. and go and look and investigate. And if you can't figure anything out, you know chances are it is a scam. Um, and if you have the ability to call someone, I don't know that you could with Amazon, but I know you can with like AT and T or maybe a mm-hmm. Chase Bank or one of those. Call them and, and verify. So when I got the call from the person spoofing to be from AT and T. I told them that. I said, um, I don't trust this call. And they were like, oh, you know, they're trying to reassure me that it was legitimate. I said, okay, well, I still don't trust it. I'm going to call a number that I'm going to find on the website. And they immediately got irate with me and just told me that if I don't take care of it right now, then I'm mm-hmm. going to lose. I think it was $2,000. And um, right then and there, I knew, yeah, okay, something's wrong. Yeah, something's here. wrong. <laughs> now, if, if, the, if you do find yourself in a situation where, like, okay, you maybe went a little too far. Um, one, a big red flag is definitely if they're asking you to go purchase gift cards. That, why is that? What so, is the deal yeah, with gift cards? I'm glad you asked that. So gift cards allows them to rename, remain anonymous. So, you know, if you, if you send them a check, they got a deposit somewhere. Um, you can't really send cash because a lot of these people that, that perform these hacks or, or attacks are overseas, right? So... There's no quick transfer mm-hmm. of funds unless it's electronically. But Chris, why would I send a gift card to anybody? So you like, don't what send would the a gift card, be? though. What, what you, actually, um, you actually give them the number over the phone. So, for example, they might ask you to go purchase a $500 Google Play card. And they say, when you get it, I want you to scratch off the back and call that number out to me. And they can redeem it like that with just that, those numbers, that but information. I guess even deeper, for what purpose would somebody... like? What kind of call or text or email would I get where I would be motivated to go buy a gift card oh, for someone? Okay, yeah. like what, when would this even come up? Because I've read that this is a big thing because they can't track, like right, you said, the funds right. once you, they have the gift card money. But I can't imagine me like getting a call from someone and I'm going to go run and spend $500 on a Google Play card. Right. So but people do couple, this. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've actually um, heard firsthand of some accounts of, of how this happened. One of them, which really surprised me, was um, the, the, the attack was spoofed 
from the IRS and basically said they, they owed back taxes and if they didn't pay it immediately, they were gonna be arrested. And unfortunately it was a young individual um, and scared them, they got scared. And so they went out and bought these gift cards and did what they were supposed to. And So the IRS agent on the phone, yes, right? Like is saying, yes. you'll, you won't go to jail if right. you go buy these gift, gift cards. cards. Right, and that's what I'm saying. If, if, if it seems were, ridiculous, but I know people it's, fall it's, for it. Right, especially for like a government organization. And that's because we're not aware. Right, right. right. So and I think that that's the good thing about- um, sad. Yeah, the Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Um, so another example is that, that we've heard a lot is the, um, we call it a fear scam. Basically, it might be a text message, phone call, or email targeting the older generation mm-hmm. and letting them know that, or telling them that maybe the grandchild is, is being held hostage and that they're going to do harm if they contact the police or if they contact anybody. And if they want them to be released, they have to provide them with the funds via gift cards. And so, like I said, the older, tech, the older generation is... I can is, see falling for that if you really yeah. are fearful for yes. somebody's safety. Yeah. And they, they prey on our, our emotions. Right. They do. Are most of these cyber criminals, or is it mainly financial? Are they trying to just rob us? Like, is that one of the main types no, of breaches? No, or? Um, So we've... We've seen and heard of, of um, you know, grudge, right? So someone might have a grudge against maybe a former employer or, or maybe it was a former boyfriend or girlfriend. And, um, you know, they just, they want that person to hurt. And so they'll go through any lengths to do it. And, um, you know, they might, might do something like this where they can send a malicious email, text message, and, and get them to perform something, you know, an action that they wouldn't otherwise do. Mm-hmm. Are they typically, um, so those would be local people, just somebody that, right, you know, right. is trying to hurt you. But I know that a lot of these actors are foreign. They're from foreign countries. Correct. And I guess, I know in some of our notes, I see espionage, but there's got to be other, you know, there are various reasons people do this. And I just assumed it was all financial, but it's just a deeper issue. It is a deeper issue. Uh, you know, there's even, um, what we call ideology, right? So a lot of the um, foreign countries don't agree with you know, the policies of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so they will do whatever they can to um, hurt us. Uh, you know, our mili- mil- most um, established governments, uh, like the United States, actually have a uh, formalized cybersecurity function. And um, that's, that's part of their warfare now, right? It's just mm-hmm. to, to go in and see you know, how they can hurt the enemy, so to speak, um, via cyber. Right. I know that um, we have in the United States, you can go to, um, it's CISA.gov, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. And that's a free source for people to go to, right, for guidance. If you can talk about that. Yeah, so there are a lot of resources on the... um, on the internet, um, a lot of them are, are U.S. government organizations, uh, even the FBI. Um, I think there's, there's one called IC3.gov, which mm-hmm. is the FBI. Right. Um, but they, they they provide resources uh, to to keep America safe, right? So their their concern is, is the the infrastructure of the United States. They don't, you know, with the small businesses and even large businesses, so they want to put as much resources out there to to be able to protect um, America's interests. Um, so on a on a on a personal note, there's one that's called StopThinkConnect.com, mm-hmm. 
And um, there's a lot of information to help you stay safe while you're at home. Um, typically, if, if you learn it at work, it will apply at home also. And that's whenever we do our, our trainings, that's what I tell everyone. Just please, you know, take this, take what you've learned and, and practice it at home. Practice it on your personal email with your personal phone or, um, you know, your text messages. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's all one, one in the same. Right. I think it might have been that website, Chris, that um, stopped think connect i think they had some short videos that were really entertaining about some of the top scams and it was you know elder elderly people being scammed um love like some people get scammed they meet people online Mm -hmm. on these in in all ages yeah and then they get suckered they do they do um i've had uh, someone close to me involved in a uh, romance scam and try to make make them aware and just you know you never think you're going to be suckered right 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 but once again you know like i said they prey on our emotions they 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 prey on us humans because we're the weakest link you know um if take an organization like like home bank or maybe a a big bank you we can have all the bells and whistles we can afford to detect protect and all this and they realize that it's hard for them to get through those those uh, perimeter firewall systems, right? So they can't get in. So what do they do is they say, well, what's the easiest way in? Let's focus on the humans, mm-hmm. right? And how can we get there? Well, we can get to them via email. We can get to them via text messaging or even the phone, right? We can or make US phone postal calls. service, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, and faxes. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen them on, come through Still. faxes. So. Yeah. So yeah, so they prey on humans and our emotions, and mm-hmm. that's one of the why they are so successful. Like with romance scams, yeah. right? I thought that was touching when I was preparing for this interview. That really human error, yes. or human action, mm-hmm. is the number one cause yeah. of a lot of not I guess all problems, but especially cybersecurity right. yes. problems. Yes. So, well, if you can talk about if, if somebody is scammed, and I want to get into the banking. Um, you know, how this all ties in with home bank. But if somebody has been scammed, they can go to that site, IC3, it's a little I, C, number three, dot gov. They can go to that site and they can make a claim. Like they can file a complaint yes. with the FBI. Correct. Because they're probably one of many yes, yes. that have been taken advantage of. Yeah. And, you know, definitely if, if you know, you're out uh, money, right? You want to, you definitely want to make a claim. Um, even you can even contact like your local law enforcement or even your local FBI um, office um, and, and, you know, file a complaint. And that, the more that 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 these organizations are aware, probably mm-hmm. the more they can do. Right. Well, in the banking world, and in particular here at Home Bank, I know you guys are very focused on protecting your clients' interests. Yes. And since I've been involved, you've been generous sponsors of the show. I've really come to see that that it's front and center what the focus is. So you've got all size um, clients here. You know, small business, big mm-hmm. business, individuals young people, like, you know, how does the bank work um, to protect its clients? So that's your job. Yes, right? that, that is my job. That <laughs> is my job. Um, you know, it, it there, we do a lot. We really do a lot. But um, we we have what we call an information security program. And it, it, we, it pretty much lays out, right, what we're going to do. So first of all is the first thing we do is we assess the risk, right? What's the risk to our organization? What's the risk to our customers' information? 
Um, so once we identify that risk and, and give it, you know, uh, um, categorize it, is it critical, high, medium, low, it just informational, just something we need to be worried about. Once we have all that identified, then we say, okay, if we have these risks, if this is a high risk, what can we do? What can we put in place to control that risk, right? So we have the inherent risk is just risk of doing business. We add on these controls. We, we'll call them mitigating controls, right? So that control is designed to reduce the risk. And in the end, we have residual risk because you can't, you, you can't operate if you completely eliminate your risk. You, you, you have to operate with some risk left over. And so when that risk is left over, we have to make a decision. Do we want to accept the risk of doing business with, you know, with the, this residual risk? And, and that's where it starts. And then um, it's, it's just a lot of monitoring, making mm -hmm. sure that you know, we're constantly making sure that our controls are work and still effective. Um, and when I say controls, it might be like we have password policies, right? And where your password has to be, let's say, maybe at least a certain amount of characters. Um, and it's a system setting, so it can't be changed. Um, so we have a bunch of controls. Another control, we have a lot of policies and procedures that we our employees are supposed to read and, and abide by. So the types of businesses that would have more risk than others, like this is when somebody joins Home Bank as a client, you'll say, well, they, they do work uh, with so many people. Like, who would be a higher risk than others? Like, just types so, of businesses. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, I don't um, look at it as types of businesses. Mm -hmm. I actually look at it more as um, the the tar types of targets within businesses. Okay. Right. So, so we and I call it, we call them high value targets. Okay. So for example, in a business, a high value target might be someone in accounting, payroll, a CEO. Okay. A CFO. Mm -hmm. um, typically, uh, we'll see a lot of spoofed CF CEO and CFOs sending fake emails, phishing emails to your accounting folks or your payroll folks. Um, we received an email years ago. Uh, it was our uh, payroll administrator, and she forwarded it to me to, for me to look at, and um, it spoofed that it was coming from the president of the bank. And it basically he said, I need to change my direct deposit information. Can you change that for me? And it, it, there was no link to click, to click or anything, so he was waiting for a, a reply. She would have hit, yes, I can do that. Then he would have sent the information. Um, I've, you know, of course, I, I'm... I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm -hmm. and I listen just to stay on top of things. And I did hear of a story where there was a small business CEO that this happened where an attacker spoofed his email and sent to their payroll person a change of direct deposit information. It wasn't realized till two paychecks later, so that CEO was out two paychecks. And oh there was gosh. just no way to recover because it was just so long. Right, right. So... Um, you know, it's we've seen a lot of our mm -hmm. trusted clients, vendors, the attackers are focusing on them and they're compromising their email accounts. And they'll even just sit there and, and just like not even let their presence be known. And they'll read messages going back and before back and forth. And we actually had a, 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 an instance where um, a banker and a client were communicating back and forth via email. And we learned that the client's email account was hacked and the, the criminal, cyber criminal, was in there reading emails. And 
So in this case, the banker is the high value target, right? Because mm-hmm. now he's like, I can have this banker do something yeah. financially for me. And so um, he hijacked the conversation. So basically what he did was he spoofed. So let's say it was, um, you know, let's say it was Chris at Gondron.com. Mm-hmm. And you spell my name G-O-N-D-R-A-N. Well, let's say they would have spoofed it and they would, they would have spelled it G-O-N-D-R-O-N.com. Mm-hmm. So we typically don't look at I specifics like that. that. Yeah. So that's what this criminal did was they, cre- they found a domain that looked exactly like the legitimate one. And so he started sending emails, right? Now he had copies of these emails before, so he made it look like he was replying to a previous email and um, provided a link that was malicious. And, and then people um, yeah. followed through. Yeah, and the, the, um, the bank employee actually caught on to it because he was like, you know, this is kind of out of the norm with, mm-hmm. with the type of... With, with the way that we've he's shared files with right. me before. Before right. he's just attached them in the email. Now he's asking me to click on a link. So it caused him to, to kind of look and try and inspect mm-hmm. it a little more. And he realized that. It's always good to yeah. make a phone call, isn't it? Definitely. You definitely. Know? Even it seems like when you get requests on Facebook, if you think you're friends oh, with yeah. someone, I'll go back and look mm-hmm. and go, well, I, I'm already friends with him. And then two days later, you'll see him post, yeah. please don't accept any hacked. friend requests from me. Yeah, yeah. so I don't want to upset people, but right. I kind of hate right. to I accept know. any new friends. But this, it's all about being alert, like you said. It is. It is. Know? So from the banking in, you guys can pick up on suspicious activity yes, too yes, with accounts, can. right? Like so a- that's actually, um, that actually doesn't fall into our realm. We're just mm-hmm. ma- um, so my area is more focused on the suspicious activity that might be inside home banks um, computer network, right? Mm-hmm. So internal. We do have other systems for that. That actually falls under another, um, another area. But yes, mm-hmm. we do have systems that can de- try and uh, use artificial intelligence to detect um, suspicious transactions. Mm-hmm. And it'll report to that team and uh, they can perform actions. Right. So things have really changed for you, your scope of duties. Yes. Just in the last, I know you've been here seven, a little bit over seven yes, years. seven years. But the last 10 years, I would think, oh, your yeah. professional duties must be so different than they were. Yes, they, they are. Um, it, it, it was good that I had that IT background because it allowed me to understand mm-hmm. the information security side of it. So I, I think it was, I had the, I had the, um, I was lucky enough to have that information technology background and then be moved into the position I'm in right now in information security mm-hmm. um, because I can talk the same speak as the IT guys because most of the controls that we have in place are IT-related controls, right? They have right. to um, adjust some software, adds this some some specific type of systems, you know, to help us stay more secure. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like from what you're saying and looking at our notes, we've got just by the way, anybody listening, two pages of all these different ways you can be scammed and what the crooks are up to. But they, I mean, they're so professional, and most of us are just bopping along trusting they are, our universe, yes. you know, yes. like you get up and you think, I don't even, I don't use the mobile wallet thing yet. I, I know it's safer probably. Yeah. I don't really write checks anymore, right. but 
I just question all these things, Chris. <laughs> I know, and, and you know that that's that's typical, right? That mm -hmm. that's actual human instinct, right? Something new. We don't we don't we, we want to know more about it before we trust mm -hmm. it, and um, that's why I highly recommend just uh, you know for those for those of that's going to listen to podcasts, is just make yourself aware, make yourself aware of of what's out there, especially these these scams and these threats. Um, awareness is, is key, and just know that you know the adversaries are they're mm -hmm. after us they're after us because they know that we're going to slip up yeah and we're going to do something that we're going to regret in the future yeah so um, another thing i wanted to point out was that um, the when you were talking about these these guys these people are professionals so we've learned that the 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 professionals, the really the ones who've really started the the hacking and were really successful and were able to stay um, undetectable, they've actually elevated themselves and they've started offering um, malicious tools as a service, right? So now, oh my gosh, you don't have to know anything about technology to, to be, be a, a hacker. Really? Yes. So all you have to do is. Buy, find, go out in the dark web and buy a, a database of email addresses, put them into this software that you subscribe to and hit OK, and it's just going to do the work for you. So if I have a grudge against someone, I can go to the dark web yeah. and well, well, get typically these, to yeah. <laughs> well, The ones that I know of are for the, the financial, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, and, and what happens is that, so if any one of, let's say we, you have one of these um, low-level associates, mm -hmm. That doesn't know anything, but they, you know, they, they set it up, and they have someone that that's performing, you know, these actions, and this guy's making money, so the guy, the money flows to the top. So that guy at the bottom will keep us a portion, but mm -hmm. it keeps flowing. The money keeps flowing to the top. So now the 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 smart hacker doesn't really have to do anything but write software. It's like it's, Amway. Yeah, you know? it is. You're right. It's like a network, what do they call that, uh, multi-level marketing? I guess. Yeah, scam. it is. Yeah. It, it sure Not is. Not that Amway's a scam, but I mean, it's the same thing where you get to the top and then yeah. you don't have to sell any vacuums, right? You just, exactly. You know. We've heard that um, Wow. some of these organizations even have like an HR department. No. Yes. They have an what HR do you department. Learn about this? Is so, there like a magazine for uh, you know? I listen to a lot of pod, cybersecurity podcasts. Uh -huh. They are interesting. They are very yeah. interesting. I listen to a lot, um, especially when I have to come here to Lafayette. Yeah, no. um, I have some a, drive a time. yeah some drive time. So yeah, I listen to podcasts, and, and be honest with you, it, to me, it's the best way to keep up to date mm -hmm. with what's going on. Um, they got one that comes out that I listen to. I really like, um, and it's about every other week that he has a new episode, mm -hmm. and you just. It helps me because it it, it teaches it's, it teaches me things that criminals are doing that I might not right. know about. Right. And so when I'll get back to work and I'm like, okay, what do we have in place that can protect us from this mm -hmm. this this um, attack that I just learned about on this podcast? Or what do we need? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because it's um, it's evolving. It is so quickly. It it is. It's they say it's one of the fastest growing mm -hmm. cybersecurity, like the kind of uh, profession I'm in right now. It's the fastest growing profession in the United States. Here, can can we get on the dark web or the dark net, as you called it, to see if we're on there? Yes, yes, like you how, can. How do you get on the dark net? So I'll be honest with you. I've never been on the dark net. I never have, and I've never even attempted scary. to. Like I might get sucked I, right, into something right, doing that. Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
but there are websites where you can go and, and try and figure out if, if any of your email addresses, right? So typically mm-hmm. that's how they, that's how they're tracked um, is by email address. If they've been hacked, there's a site that it's called, um, I think it's called have I been pawned. Um, I've went there a couple of times and I was able to see, um, like the accounts that I had that were, uh, um, compromise, so to speak. Have I been pawned? Like yes. P-A-W-N? No, it's actually P-W-N-D. P-W-N-D. N-D. Yeah. Password. Okay, P-W-N-D. Yeah. All right. Yeah. These are all things that most of us have never heard of. Yeah, so you can just do a Google search, too, and, um, you know, just say, um, have I been breached or something, and you'll get, there's a lot of websites that can, um, that has access to this information also. Mm-hmm. Um, you think that's something people should do? So it has value if you've used the same password for years and years and years and you're still using that same password. And if you're using that same password across multiple systems. If you don't want to do it, right, if you don't trust it, probably the best thing to do is just start going and getting that password get keeper app pass- in your phone do new and do them one at a time mm-hmm. and just go through and um, reset those passwords. Make mm-hmm. sure they're strong. Most of these password keeper apps, you know, when you got to put the password in there to store it, it'll let you know if it's if they deem it to be a weak or strong password. Um, so create strong passwords. On everything, like LinkedIn, yes, all, all your accounts, not just Correct. like bank accounts. I would definitely focus on those um, high-risk accounts like your bank account, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you have any accounts where you have your your debit card or credit card tied to, like let's say maybe an Amazon or an Apple, mm-hmm. um, something that can, that can harm you financially. That's, yeah. Or you if you have, right, uh-huh. definitely. Or if you have any any sensitive information out somewhere, right? If mm-hmm. let's say you're using Microsoft Office in the cloud and you have be a document with all you and your family's social security numbers and date of births and all the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would definitely focus on those. Mm-hmm. Um, the, then the other ones, you know, you can start working those after, but definitely protect your the, those high value right. accounts. And when right. I say high value, they're high value to an attacker. Mm-hmm. Any advice, like in your position for home bank, that you want to leave people with? You know, have we talked about what you wanted to? Was there specific advice from um, a banking perspective? Yeah, so from a banking perspective, definitely um, focus on your username and password and making sure that it is a strong password. Also, check with with these accounts and see if they have the multi-factor option. Um, multi-factor is always, I mean, it's, it's always a good mm-hmm. idea to use multi-factor. Um, that would be like you have a password, then you also have to yes. you get a text from your yeah, phone. Yeah, t- you'll get a text message. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in text messages, as multi-factor authentication or, or not as um, secure as they used to be, because we've learned that there's ways that the hackers mm-hmm. can compromise the phone. So once right, so whenever we come up with a way to protect ourselves, the hackers find a way in, and so they found out how to. Uh, swap sims or steal sw- sims that way they can get those text messages but some uh, some app, some of these services these banking services they might offer a, a third party um, multi-factor authentication Google has one Microsoft has one um, I think they're called like Microsoft Authenticator Google Authenticator um, 
there's there's a uh, many of them out there, and the bad thing is that now you have to remember which one you have to go to, right? Because I have I have multiple ones also, um, and you know that we use that at the bank, um, you know, because we we're, we're hypersensitive when it comes to cybersecurity, and so uh, we use multi-factor authentication um, internally too, mm-hmm. and so which I think that's that's a that's a good thing, um, and another thing I, I definitely just. I think one of the biggest things is is to try and make yourself aware. Go out and find these resources on the internet. And um, think. Think. Yeah. Definitely click. think. Yeah. So, you know, at, at the bank here, we have internal email, and that's an email like me sending one to a coworker. That's internal. Then we have external, and that might be, um, let's say, like you might send me an email. So whenever you send me an email, it has we we tag it and it says external message because those are the risky ones, right? So. I've got to the point where I've started telling all employees I say you know, that I have conversations with, I said, take this approach. Don't trust it. Even if it looks legitimate, don't trust it. And they're like, well, why? I mean, I've, I've dealt with this person before. I've dealt with this vendor before. I know that's their email address. Well, their accounts can get hacked, right? Because that, mm-hmm. they know that we trust these people, so they're going to hack our trusted clients or vendors yeah. and then send us malicious emails. Don't trust it and inspect it. Inspect the email address. There might be just misspellings. Um, if, if it's unsolicited, definitely question it. Uh, you know, if they're, they're trying to get you to perform an action, like click a link or open an attachment. Um, if it's unsolicited, be suspicious. Um, if it's vague, we get a lot of that. A lot of vague emails. Here's a project I want you to quote, right? And I'm like, well, I don't know that any bank employee does project quotes. Mm-hmm. So, but we get a lot of them where the, the information is just vague. Um, or if it's just out of the course of business. And I'll give you this example. I was, years ago, I was looking for a software solution and I was emailing back and forth with this guy and he sent me the quote. And it was, it was, it was above my budget. And so I told him, I said, look, it's above my budget. I'll reach out when I'm ready. And about seven months later, I get another email from him and he just says, here's the updated documents. And I'm like, okay, something's up because yeah. I hadn't heard from this guy in seven months and why would he be sending me updated documents? First thing I did was, I don't don't ever use any of the information in those emails that you're suspicious from. For example, the, the phone number, because it could be the hacker's phone number. So went on Google, searched him, found the company, found his legitimate site, got that phone number, I called him. And uh, I think I spoke to the receptionist and I said, I asked for him and she goes, I may ask you speaking. I said, identify myself and why I was calling. And she's like, oh yes, we've had many calls today about that. From that? Yes. Yeah. He, his account was hacked oh. and the hacker just started sending out malicious emails. But just think how easy it would have been to click it and go, yes. well, maybe I am ready to Yeah. If, to if I this, wouldn't have known you know? what I'd known, I would yeah. have been like, oh, well, maybe he's giving me a cheaper price. Let me look. Yeah. Right. And then. We could have been right. compromised. I did that recently, but it turned out to be legitimate. I yeah. felt too worried, though, about something. It was from WordPress Engine, my website. Okay. And I kept on getting emails, but some of them went to spam. Right. But I checked that daily, and it was like, well, you're, you've, you know, you're over capacity mm-hmm. for your traffic on the website. And I thought, probably not, you know, the way I operate. But then I got several so instead of clicking it or answering mm-hmm. it, I looked online to see where is, is WordPress Engine in Dayton, Ohio, which they were. Right. And then I kind of looked the guy's name up. I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll call him. Yeah, best thing I to just, do. 
I don't know. It just seemed too goofy. You yes. Know? Like, why would I be getting this from WP Engine? Yeah. And so a lot of part. A it lot takes of, time though to it follow does. up it on does. these things. It does. It um, does. But the the consequence if you don't is just yeah. is really damaging. So to me, it's it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I give you an example. We had one the other day where an employee sent an email and was like, I don't know who this person is and I don't know what they talking about. <laughs> so I was looking at it and I was like, I kind of knew, you know, I'm, it was, it was local and I kind of knew stuff around. So I was like, this might be legitimate. So I, I found the person's name, found where they worked, right? Mm-hmm. Google searched it, yeah. called them and I asked them and they're like, oh yeah, no, that's us. I, I did send it. I said, okay, so why did you send it to this employee? Because they say they don't know you. Say, that's the only contact I had. I said, okay. And, um, you know, I said, look, I said, you know, we're, we're very security conscious here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just to, you know, give you some advice, maybe put a little more context in the email. Um, say, hey, I don't know who it's supposed to go to. Maybe you can help me out. They probably still would have questioned it, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I had a conversation with them and let them know that, you know, that th- this is a thing. And, yeah. um, it took me an hour to figure right, out who you were. Right. You know? <laughs> or, and there might be some organizations where they might just say, oh, it, it's, it's a malicious email. Delete yeah. it and not worry right. about it. Right. Lock and them. it was a, it was a really, mm-hmm. um, it, they, it was a, a third party acting on behalf of a customer. Right. And so you want to provide excellent customer service, yeah. but you also have to provide, you know, you also have to worry about security. So I always tell everyone, just you need to find that medium, that yeah, happy, that happy medium, medium where we can have both excellent customer service and mm-hmm. keep everything secure. And so I don't know what that looks like because every situation is going to be different. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully, you know, things are going to evolve to where technology for the good guys, yeah. you know, exceeds what the bad actors are doing. Um, but we have a lot to learn. And we do. I've enjoyed this. I Me like too. the examples, Me too. Chris. Um, Thank you. I, and I, like I said, I, I've just seen at Home Bank, you know, um, a real consciousness of the employees. But the best right. thing to do if you're not sure about your account or something is come visit with your banker. Yes. I yeah. mean, anytime there's a question, they've told me just, you know, just call your banker directly yeah. and say, can I get some advice or what's right. the best thing for my situation? Yeah. And if, my it's, account? if it's anything to do with, um, you know, this with, with cybersecurity, um, we always tell them like we, our, our area, it, it's an open door. We want to be a resource. We want to consult with you. We want to be your partners. And we tell this to our, you know, our, our employees, we want to be your partners in helping you because you're out there yeah. on the front line speaking with the customers. And definitely if they have a question, right, that, that affects their banking, mm-hmm. we want to be able to resolve it, at least give them an answer. Yeah. And so, and um, so we do, we do that. But um, like I said, they, some of them have become really um, superheroes when it comes to cybersecurity. Yeah, it's cool. They really have. Well, look, we, Chris Gondron, Senior Vice President and Director of Information Security for Home Bank. Thank you for taking thank time you. today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I want to thank our listeners. Thank you for your loyal support. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Discover Lafayette. You can also go to discoverlafayette.net and see Chris's interview along with about, I think it's about 280 now. I haven't counted the oh, recent. Yeah, wow, we've been doing this a, for yeah. five and a half years. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors. I want to thank Raider. And in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it professional. Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital and Home Bank. Thank you all for your support. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift.